December 7th, 2022, this morning's class and the classes throughout the week are dedicated in honor of Jared and Annette Feldman for the birth of their new grandson, Tamarsi and Joe Gamal. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin on the Pegimal Amud Aleph. If you count from the top, it's 10 lines down on the Amud, right in the middle of the line. It says the Gemara Gufa. Gufa, whenever the Gemara mentions that word, Gufa, means we're going back to a matter which had already been somewhat dealt with. We quoted something, maybe out of context or in a different context, and now the Gemara returns to it to develop it in its fullness. So it's a Beraita, which the Gemara had just right beforehand, a line before, two lines before, quoted, and it was a long list of circumstances where the Hachamim enumerated um, situations where a person's Hayav Mita Bide Shamaim. It's not, uh, they won't be sins which are punishable by Betin, uh, Although, in each of these circumstances, what Betin can do is, it's of course very painful as well, give malkot, they can give lashes, and as a result, the vision of the hachamim, the way Harambam writes it is, that you'll in some way be exonerated from mitabi deshamayim. But fundamentally, mitabi deshamayim means that it's handed over to Borei Olam to determine your fate, and he will in turn do so. As I mentioned, and it'll be at one point relevant here in the Gemara, there is a distinction in some way or fashion between what we call mitabi deshamayim, death by heaven, and karet, being cut off. Uh, each of them, again, are somewhat uh, enigmatic. They're mysterious. We don't really understand either one of them. But the hachamim try to hone in and understand a little bit about them. Uh, so one opinion is that of Rashi in Masechet Shabbat and Dafkafe. Rashi over there suggests that the difference between these two is whereas karet has both a uh, shorter lifespan in this world, in addition to that, it has a shorter lifespan, a premature death of children. That's what karet seems to be in his eyes. Uh, in contrast to mitabi deshamay, might be a truncated life for the person who sinned, but not uh, necessarily for the children as a consequence of their sin. Riva, as the Tosafot quote, Riva is one of the Rishonim uh, from, uh, from France, um, so his approach to this matter alternatively is uh, neither one of them have consequences for children per se. It's rather a question of uh, lifespan. When it comes to Mitabi Deshamayim, the vision is uh, it's going to be cut off before the age of 60. When it comes to Karet, it'll be cut off before the age of 50. That's why at one point earlier in the Masechid, we talked about a discrepancy between 50 and 60. But anyway, that, that res- in that respect, we're talking about Mitabi Deshamayim and Karet. I mention again very clearly, we don't really know how these things play out, but we do read the Pesukim in the Torah, and the Torah describes death, and not by uh, this world court, for some wrong deeds. So as a result, this Beraita now will list... It has to be, generally speaking, it has to be Masoret. They'll have Remazim and Pesukim, seventy years is you know, almost an appropriate span of life. I don't know if any of us would really smile at that today, but, you know, um, but it has to be something along the lines of Masoret and looking for hints in Pesukim. Anyway, says the Gemara Gufa, we return to that Beraita where we're going to not list all circumstances of Mitabi Deshamayim. That's clear. There are several. There's even a Mishnah later on that will enumerate three more. But we're going to list a large amount, many cases where... Uh, if we read carefully in the Pesukim in the Torah, if we derive it from Derashot, we'll be able to understand each of these is punishable by 
mita bidei shemaim. Ve'elu shebamita. The following cases have mita bidei shemaim. Be mindful of the fact Masechet Sanhedrin has primarily dealt with for us mitat bedin, which makes sense. We're dealing with our matters, but we're going to, to a certain extent, round that out and finish this conversation. And we still have one more pedic, but we'll finish this conversation by referring to, even though we're not going to do it at great length, cases of mitat bidei shemaim. What are they? Ha'ochel et tevil. The first that's listed over here is a person who eats tevil. Tevil is produce from which teruma was not taken. Teruma, of course, is a necessary contribution or a donation every year from any farmer to the Kohen. That's what teruma is. What's the measurement from the Torah? The halacha is even if you just gave one kernel from your produce, that's sufficient. But the hachamim gave measurements. The average measurement is a 40th of your produce. If you're very giving, you give a 30th of your produce. If you're less giving, you give a 50th of your produce. But again, this is talking about where it's tevil. Tevil means nothing was taken, and then a person goes ahead and eats from it. Nothing was separated and given to the kohen. person eats from it, mitabi deshamayim. Kohen tameh she'achal teruma. What if it was separated, handed over to the Kohen, but the Kohen is still tameh, the Kohen hasn't purified himself yet, and he goes ahead and he eats from the teruma. Both the teruma and the Kohen need to be betahara. They both need to be pure in order to do this properly. Teruma has a certain kedusha, certain sanctified and holy status, and as a result, if the Kohen is tameh, while partaking and eating this teruma, uh, excuse me, Kohen tameh she'achal teruma tehora. Next, vizar she'achalet teruma. What if it's uh, not uh, Jeffrey Gindi or uh, Mr. Dweck or uh, Rabbi Cohen? Uh, it's rather um, Avi or Mr. Tawel. It's Avi Harari instead, who's uh, Yisrael. He's no Kohen and goes ahead and he eats from the teruma. It's not my belongings. Maybe I'm stealing. It's more than stealing, says this Biraita to us. It's a chayuv mitah bideshamayim vizar. No. So the Kohens, Israel's not allowed to partake in it. Vizar sheshimesh. What if, again, you're not a Kohen, not from a Kohen lineage, and you enter into the Mikdash. Not only do you enter, but you do shimusha Mikdash. You do one of the avodot. You're not allowed to be doing so. sheshimesh. What if you're a Kohen? You are supposed to be in the Mikdash. You're supposed to be doing the avodah. But your tameh, of course, that's what, what brought us on to conversing about this. The Gemara was only talking about this beraita because of our last sugya. Our last sugya talked about if a kohen is tameh, Mishnah told us the pirchekeuna take mad, potzimat mohan, so forth. That's what really brought on this beraita. But here we have it in its source that a tameh sheshimesh is hayav mitabide shemaim utvul yom. Tvul yom sheshimesh. Tvul yom is defined as the following. If you learned even the very beginning of Talmud, that's the very first page in Talmud, it talks about Tevul Yom. Tevul Yom is a circumstance situation where a person is, uh, let's say, a Kohen, and because that's the person who's entering into the Mikdash and doing the Tashmish, uh, and he immersed in the Mikveh in order to bring forth his Tahara, but he hasn't wet yet waited until nightfall. Uh, so in other words, the Torah is clear in Vayikra Per Kafbet, the Pasuk says, The sun needs to go in before you can eat from the Tirumah. But I immersed. Chalas, I'm done. I'm tahor. No, there's still a time period that needs to elapse before you can actually be designated as tahor. You have a status as quasi-tahor, because you can eat from ma'asir as a kohen, but you can't enter into the mikdash, you can't eat from tirumah, you're not yet fully purified 
to the extent that it's mutar for you to do any of those things. And as a result, tivul yom, again, the tivila, we know what that means, immersion in a mikveh, who did it that day, but the nightfall hasn't yet arrived, sheshimesh, he enters into the mikdash, he does tashmish. Uh, again, I mentioned as well terumah, but here we're talking about tivul yom, sheshimesh, also hayav mitah bideshamayim, umechusar begadim, as we referenced yesterday, we referred to this yesterday, uh, the kohen hediot, the regular kohen, was supposed to wear four special garments. It was necessary to wear them during the time of the Avodah and the Mikdash. If he's wearing any less than those four, he decided not to put one on that day. The Kohen Gadol needs to wear eight special garments, eight unique clothing pieces. If he took off any of them, doesn't wear it during his Avodah and the Mikdash. Code words that we use very often in Talmud for a situation where a person is a misora or a zav. A person is a misora or zav, different types of nigaim or um, uh, emissions that the person might have which render them tameh. And misora is uh, translated what as, uh, as leprosy, and uh, and uh, azav is a person who had a certain emission. In each of those circumstances, the person needs to be not only purified with regards to immersion in a mikveh, tevilah in a mikveh. They need to bring a specific sacrifice, and that's what we call mehusar kaparaf. The person has done their process; they're kind of there. But it's not that they're waiting for nightfall, it's that they haven't brought their sacrifice, the specific sacrifice they need to bring. Masechet Kinim deals with some of those details, and they haven't brought it. And they as well are shimish. Alternatively, uh, everything is all checked out, but before doing the Avodah, Mr. Kohen, Rabbi Kohen, you haven't done rechitzat yadayim v'raglayim, you haven't cleansed your hands or your feet, hands and feet, either way, uh, before doing so, you need to do that. That's an absolute necessity. This one, in contrast to all the rest, is a mitzvah ta'aseh. The rest of them mitzvah lo ta'aseh, and we're deriving that it's a mitzvah b'deshamayim. This is you know, one of the most novel over here. This is just a mitzvah ta'aseh. The Torah says this is what you need to do, and we have it on our list of things, of circumstance, situation, person did wrong, they get mitzvah b'deshamayim. Ushtu yeyayin, shetu yeyayin means if a person is drunk, Torah, of course, in Parashat Shemini, after reading about the death of Nadav and Aviyu, the Torah tells us that, they, that Kohanim cannot be drunk on the job. They could not and may not eat, drink intoxicating beverages while they're doing or before they're doing the Avodah. What if they did so? Rosh, as Rashi explains to us, means a person who's a Kohen who hasn't shaved, hasn't cut their hair in the last 30 days. You're not allowed to outgrow your hair more than 30 days. You might recall that was in the Gemara's understanding earlier, we, we mentioned it somewhat earlier, in the Korah story, if you recall, the way that Gemara envisioned what Korah's wife said to him, if you might, might remember this Gemara. She says to him, what happened? Your Moshe has some sort of, this is what we interpret it, some sort of cult. Everybody needs to shave their hair. That's the way he did it. All the, and to which Korah, in the eyes of the Hachamim, Responsible. What do you mean? Moshe as well. He's a Levi. He as well. His brother, I'm adding, Aaron. They also need to shave their hair. And so her response was, oh, sure, he'll take himself, they'll take themselves down in order to uh, take everyone else down with them. In other words, they're building some sort of cult. Of course, they'll shave their hair. 
But that's the reference. We saw this in the Gemara earlier in the Masech and on Daf Kaf Bet as well. This is the halacha. The halacha is that the Kohanim needed to uh, take a haircut, uh, much as I imagine most people do today. Well, when you have hair, uh, every 30 days they needed to make certain that they didn't grow out their hair in a wild fashion. Okay, all of those cases that we just mentioned are mitabi deshamayim. That's in contrast, in contradistinction. The following cases, although you're not supposed to be doing this, it's not mitabi deshamayim. Aval. Arel. Arel means a person who didn't get a birit milah. Now that's curious. That's hard to understand. If you didn't get a birit milah, ironically, upon you, there is a certain karet which is pronounced. And so the fact that we're going to say, but he did avodah b'mikdash while he's in arel. He serviced, he did worship in the mikdash while he's in arel, while he didn't get a circumcision and milah. That's not much of a chidush. You got it just by virtue of who you are. Uh, you're, you're a physical stature. So... Well, that's, that's, that's exactly the point. Why are we talking only about a Kohen, Avodah, talk about anyone? Explains Rashi, we're talking about a person who metu ehav mehamat milah. Has to be a case where it's permitted for you to be an Arel. Meaning, your brothers, this person's brothers, died after getting a milah. We talked about this Gemara Masechet Yevamot, which teaches that the halacha is, if we notice that several brothers before him, either two or three before you, have died within a short proximity, a short period of time after the milah. We attribute it to the milah, and we say the next one, and next ones are not supposed to get a milah at all. There's something genetic over here. There's something problematic with them, and they don't get a milah. However, that person still can't do avodah b'mitash. So they're not liable to death penalty from heaven uh, just by virtue of being an arel. That's mutar for them. They still can't do the avodah b'mitash. Yeah, so, so it'll, you know, that, that will be dependent somewhat on the sugya, as I mentioned to Nathan yesterday, at the beginning of Masechet Timurav, i aved mehane or not. If you do something bi'isur anyway, if it's, if it's, uh, if, if it's, yeah, if it works, if it's sufficient, uh, you know, but, but they should not be doing this, you know, that, that, that much we can stop, yeah. Says the Gemara, ve'onen, what's an onen? Onen, of course, is a person on the day of death, according to the Torah, midrabanan, it's any time prior to burial. The halacha is, of course, in today's day and age, nobody should know from this, but it's part of life. If a close family member for whom you're going to have to mourn and do shiva uh, and shiloshim and yod bet chodesh and so forth, on the, before the burial, the status of the person is what's called onen, the Gemara in the second Perik Masech Berachot talks about, Gemara Masech Mo'it Katan. They're not supposed to do any misvot aseh, which means they don't make berachot, they don't do tefillah, they don't do any misvot, they can't eat non-kosher, it's misvot lot aseh, but they don't do any misvot aseh, supposed to be focused on the burial. Min HaTorah, Onin is the first day, first day after the death. And now in that circumstance, they're not allowed to do Avodah mikdash. It's not appropriate. It's Pasuk in the Torah. But it's not liable for Mitabi Deshamayim. It's the wrong thing to do. It's not liable to Mitabi Deshamayim. The Yoshev, and the third of these exceptions where there's no Mitabi Deshamayim, we had a long list of all those who have Mitabi Deshamayim, now we have three who are not, where you may have thought they were, Arel, Onin, and Yoshev. Yoshev means they sit as they do the avodah, the halachas, we'll see in the Gemara, is that you need to be standing as you do the avodah. But I'm tired, I'm not in the mood for it right now, I'm a little lazy as a queen. I sit down, you did the wrong thing, but thankfully you're not liable for mitah b'deshamayim, enan b'mitah, ela be'azhara. All of those last three, they're be'azhara, which means it's a misfat lo the Torah warns you, and uh, it's still very painful and difficult to get lashes for doing so, 
but at the same time, there's no mitabi deshamayim. Lastly, says the Beraita, two more, and the Beraita, there's a mahloket, ba'almum. What's the halacha of a ba'almum? A kohen, the Torah goes through what a ba'almum is, has a blemish of some sort, a physical blemish, and he does the avodah. He's not supposed to be doing the avodah for one reason or another. That's the halacha. Kohen is not allowed to be a ba'almum and do the avodah. Rabbi Omer b'mitah, Rabbi says, add it to our first list of cases of mitabi deshamayim. Hachamim omrim, hachamim disagree. Be'azhara, they say it's just a mitzvah lo ta'aseh, doesn't come with the punishment of mitabi deshamayim. Hezid b'me'ilah. Me'ilah, we have an entire masechet, a mishnayot, and Gemara called Masechet Me'ilah. Me'ilah deals with circumstance where you, deal, you have a korban like Olah. Korban Olah, you're not supposed to partake in at all. The halacha with Korban Olah is Kulol HaShamayim. You burn the entire thing. There's no partaking, no eating, no enjoyment from the owner who brought it or from the nation who brought it. That's the halacha with Korban Olah. But the halacha with Korban Olah, furthermore, and, and, and such Korbanot is, if you did get benefit from it, that's called Me'ilah. It's, so to speak, stealing from Kodesh. You're stealing from something that's not yours. It belongs to holiness, to Borei Olam, and you stole from it. Now, Me'ilah really is only a situation where it's Bishogeg. You did it accidentally. You did it accidentally. You didn't realize. You forgot this animal and whatever. Then the Torah tells you what you do in order to achieve Kapara, in order to atone for that sin. Firstly, you might know from the tefillah, from the sidur, um, there's something called asham me'ilot. You bring a korban for me'ilah. Secondly, you pay the value of what it was that you that you took away from Kodesh. And third, you pay a penalty of hamishit yoshifalav, homesh, a fifth of that value on top of it. That's if you did a bishogeg. What if you do a bimezit? What if you purposefully, oh, that's a korban olah, looks good, a little bit hungry, let me barbecue and, and eat it. What's the halacha hezid b'me'ilah? What's the status in such a way? There's no korban. You're going to have to pay the um, amount that it was. What's the punishment beyond that, though? Rabbi Omer b'mitah. Rabbi says, mitah b'deshavayim. How dare you? Terrible. And as a result, and of course, everything we're mentioning, we have a full daf and a half ahead of us to derive this from Pesukim. Hachamim omrim be'azhara. Hachamim disagree, and they say, no mitah b'deshavayim, still wrong, not allowed to be mezid, b'me'ilah, it's not yours, keep your hands off it, you touched it, you ate from it. The halacha is, in mitzvah lo ta'aseh, it's very difficult, painfully get lashes. No, mitah b'deshavayim, all these are mitah b'deshavayim. And Azhara we talk about over here, we're talking about the Torah's Azhara. No, 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 we're not talking about the... Hatra'a is when people give the warning. Azhara we're talking about the Torah is warning you, which means you get a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah, lo ta'aseh, and malkot. There's no mitai. All of these are not punishable by beti. Ha'ochel et ha'tevel minnalan. Says the Gemara, okay, we dealt with the long list, that's the biraita. that was our gufa. We went back and we listed it, we cited it perfectly. Everything's delineated and spelled out. Now... Let's get the uh, underwriting for all this. Let's get the sourcing for it. He gave me a long list of things. He even gave me mahlokot. Want to understand where this all came from? And again, you're talking about things. You're telling me they're very severe. They're not just. I mean, nothing's, nothing's light, but they're not just mitzvah lo It's mitzvah You need some sort of pasuk you can point to where the Torah says, you can have death for this, even if we're not going to do it to you. If a person eats from, again, produce which... He didn't take from it, or someone didn't take from it, 
Teruma. How do you know that that's mitabidashamaim minadan? What's the sourcing? De Amar Shemuel says the Gemara Shemuel explain Mishumar Bili Ezer minayin la ochelat tevel shehu bemita. How do you know again that a person who eats tevel gets mitabidashamaim dichtiv as the pasuk says velo yehalelu et kocheh bnei Israel et asheyarimu ladonai. So the pasuk says and they shouldn't bring forth hilul. Hilul of course is emptying something of Kodesh, like Hilul Shabbat, et Kodesh B'nei Israel, this is all, as Rashi points out, in the context of, of Terumah, et Asher Yarimu, and then the Pasuk says, and that which they will, Yarimu, they will take from, or lift up. Now that's a future tense word, I repeat again. The Pasuk doesn't say they shouldn't do Hilul to Terumah, that means it was already taken. Imagine it as such. Here's my produce. I did harama. I picked that up. That's now teruma. Instead, the pasuk says, et asher yarimu, that which they will take out, which means it's still in the mixture. The produce is all still there. That's what we call tevil. Now, the dirasha already implies to us, there happens to be an interesting debate, not for us to discuss now, maybe on another occasion, about why tevil is asur, and it has ramifications. Is tevil asur because it has teruma in it? That's what makes the whole, the whole item asur. Or is it alternatively, it's a special isur. It's called tevil. And yes, when you take tirumah, it removes that isur. Is it just that it's tirumah, which is renamed tevil before you took the tirumah? Or alternatively, is the status of this item tevil, which is an animal in and of itself? Anyway, but the pasuk for our purposes says, yarimu, that's future tense. It means that the problem over here is that you haven't yet taken the tirumah from it, and therefore its status is problematic, and you're doing hilul to that. You're, so to speak, profaning that by partaking and eating from it. The pasuk is talking about those items which in the future, hopefully, there will be terumah which is taken from it. We call that tevil. Wait a second, that didn't say anything about death penalty. That didn't say mitah bideshamayim. The alif, and continues the Gemara, and then we learn, and we learn, hilul, hilul, mitirumah. We have a gezera shava that the Torah, both by what we're understanding, tevil, as well as by terumah, has this lashon of hilul, again, profaning, taking away the sanctity. The first pasuk is the pasuk we just mentioned. Velo yehalelu et kocheh b'nei Israel tashe yarimu ladonai. Vaikra perikafbet, pasuk tetvav. Now, rewind six pesukim, and the pasuk says, veshameru et mishmarti, velo yisru alav het, I repeat, Pasuk says, and they should safeguard my Kodesh. They shouldn't sin, which would bring forth death. There's the Lashon of Hilul again. So you have Hilul in that first Pasuk in Pasuk Tet. Which is talking about Tirumah, and it explicitly says, Umetu, they're going to get death. In other words, Mitabi Deshamayim. We now link these Pesukim. They're just six Pesukim apart, one from the other. Terumah, if you wrongfully eat Terumah in one way or another, we'll understand that means Betumah. Uh, so what's the, de- what's the penalty? What's the punishment? Mitabi Deshamayim, Umetuba. Metubo, that's what Pasuk says. I link that up to the next time the Pesukim mentioned that Lashon of Hilul, which is in the context we understand of what's called Tevel, Ve'alif, Hilul, Hilul, Miterumah, Malehalan, Bemita, the same way in the context of Tirumah, the Torah explicitly says, Umetubo, Afkan, so too, over here in Tevil, 
where it's produce, where you still have not taken it from it, bimitah, you're going to get mitah bideshamayim. That's the statement of the Gemara then. Again, we've now effectively derived two of them on our list of, of, of several things that are mitah bideshamayim. We already referenced tirumah, which is wrongfully eaten. We'll come back and discuss that in a bit. Uh, but we now linked that to what we call tevil, where the tirumah was not yet taken from it. Mitah bideshamayim says the Gemara, I'm not going to let you get away with even that derashah, it's got to be a little bit more complicated than that, says the Gemara, why don't we instead, you're provoked by that word hilul, you have a tradition to link up the word hilul in two contexts like these two, maybe there's a tradition furthermore, and there is apparently, or there's a question about it, to link up that word hilul or that shorish of hilul to another context which will render other uh, ramifications. Again, we are now saying terumah and tevil, similar, same word, same law. Now I have that word hilul, which links up two words again, elsewhere. I have it in the context of an isur called notar. Notar is, you see, each one of the sacrifices also at the beginning of the tefillah in the korbanot area. You have a specific amount of time to partake in it. You have to slaughter it and then burn it and then eat it in a specific amount of time. What if you left over? That's called the nisur of notar. What's the punishment for notar? So the Torah tells us punishment for notar, again, when we're dealing with matters of the Mikdash, real severities, you're dealing with God's work in a very real and direct way. Anyway, the halakha is with regards to notar, and this is what I referred to in our introduction, is karet. Says the Gemara, karet and mitabideh as much as we're uncertain what the difference is, but there is a difference between the two, we mentioned two opinions, but the word hilul is written as well by notar, and the halakha over there is karet. So who told you that by te when the mixture of terumah is still in there, has not been taken, is mitabi deshamayim, because you're likening it to wrongful eating of terumah, maybe instead compare this to where it says hilul as well in the context of notar, where you left over from the korban, says the Gemara, v'nelof, why don't we instead learn hilul, hilul, minotar, the pasuk by notar. That will ultimately speaking be the answer. The answer of the Gemara will be, let's figure out. I got it. I have an equal opportunity with regards to wording maybe, but let me think about what's most similar. So already Nathan says, it's more similar, we can all understand that, Teruma and Tevil, than, teru, than Tevil and Notar. Teruma and Tevil is effectively the same basket, the same uh, warehouse, which has all the storehouse, which has all that stuff. Notar is in the Mikdash with the Korban left over. It's already a bit different indeed. That's what the Gemara will do for us. Malehalan Bekaret. Afkan Bekaret, so the Gemara says that maybe you should liken it to Notar, where the Torah as well has this Lashon of the Pasuk Rashi quote, Ki et Kodesh Adonai Hillel, and over there the Torah tells us there's Karet, and you should in turn say that Tevil has not a death penalty of Mitah, but rather the more severe one of Karet, malhalan bekaret, afkan bekaret. Says the Gemara, mistabera. This is the Nathan answer, but the Gemara will be a little bit more elaborate than him. Mistabera, mistabera, the word silvara, of course, means logic. It's more logical. We're going, we have two options over here. Either to do a gezerah shavav, hilul, hilul to tevil and terumah, or hilul, hilul of tevil to notar. It makes more sense for us to go te, uh, hilul, hilul to terumah. Why so? Mistabera. Says the Gemara, it makes sense. Lost the spot. One second. Says the Gemara, Mr. Berami Teruma Havale Lemelaf. It makes more sense, more logical for us to learn from Teruma. Sheken, 
Tiruma, now we're going to have a list of things that make it similar, and we'll pause, well, let's read them all through, and then we'll pause to go through each one of them. Sheken Tiruma, berabim, perot, pigul, venotar. Alright, so what are all these things? It says the Gemara, you have several things that Tiruma is similar to Tevil, uh, whereas you don't have that by notar. First and foremost, hotzala'aret, the idea of it being applicable outside outside of Israel as opposed to specifically in Israel. So here's how it goes. It says the Gemara, when I'm dealing with both Teruma and Tevil, um, it says Rashid, okay, so it goes like this. Both Teruma and Tevil are specifically relevant in Israel, not outside of Israel. Hold, hold it for a second. Teruma and Tevil will be a isur, which is relevant specifically in Israel, not outside of Israel. So you might say to be notar is so as well. Notar also. Notar is a korban that's left over. That's also in Eretz Yisrael. As she explains, it's true for me and you today, well, not really, in the time of the Mikdash, Notar would only be relevant in Israel. But technically speaking, according to the Torah, it's relevant even when we were in the Midbar. Uh, even before we entered into the land, even before, when you had Sha'at, says Rashi, Heter Habamot, he quotes from Gemara Masechet Sevachim, the concept of Notar was, uh, was a reality. When we were walking through the desert, for example, and you brought your sacrifice in the Mikdash, there was an issue of Notar, you couldn't leave it over. You're not in the land of Israel yet. And yet the Torah only talks about Terumah and in turn Tevil upon entrance into the land. Oh, so that's already something that links up Teruma and Tevil and distinguishes Tevil from Notar. So that's the first one, Hutzalaret. The next one is Hutra Barabim. What does it mean, Hutra Barabim? Hutra, we know, means Lashon Mutar. What does it mean, it's Hutra Barabim? Oh, well, each one of these have a general permissibility as opposed to Notar. Notar will never become permitted. Excuse me, I read it wrong. It's hutra. You'll, you'll never have a permissibility with regards to um, with regards to notar. Notar is something that's asur and will remain asur. Teruma is permitted for kohanim, and tevil can become mutar. How does it become mutar? Becomes mutar by taking teruma from it. Avanotar en heteli isuro. Okay, it says the Gemara onward. Barabim. Uh, Rabim means in plural. What is that a reference to? That's a reference to the way, again, so we had two reasons so far to make the Nathan argument. Number one, Teruma and Tevil are similar. They're both in all places. Not only, they're both only in Eretz Yisrael, not, not in all places. Number two, Hutra, they both have a way of making them permitted, as opposed to Notar. Next is Birabim. As it says the Gemara, if you look at the way the Torah talks about this Lashon Hilul in the three places, it's different. When it says it by Notar, the Pasuk is Kiet Kodesh Adonai Hilel. The word Hilel is in singular. He has profaned. In the context of both Terumah and Tevel, Pasuk says Velo Yehalelu and Kiyehalelu. Who? Those are both in plural. So just in terms of the words that you're linking up, not even in terms of the concept, well, we've now likened and said more similar with regards to Tiruman and Tevil as opposed to Notar. Again, if I say apple and apple as opposed to apple and apples, okay, they're all similar, but apple and apple are the same. It's both in singular as opposed to apples is in plural. Over here it's the opposite. It's Yehalelu and, and uh, Yehaleluhu and, uh, as opposed to Yehalel. Says the Gemara onward, uh, the next reason to make them similar, I think this is what Nathan was really talking about, is perot. Perot means, as it sounds like, fruits. 
produce. Terumah and Tevil are talking about produce. That's, that's the Isur. Well, that's the Hetev. That's what you're talking about. As opposed to Notar is animals. That's, that's very different. Okay, it makes more sense to like it. Again, what's our context one more time? Why are we comparing and making a symmetry between Terumah and Tevil for Mitabi Deshamayim as opposed to Tevil and Notar for Karet? The answer is, as the Gemara Mistabera, makes more logical reason for us to liken Tevil to Terumah than to Notar. It just make it mistabira, just make it a binyanav of some sort without a gezerah shavah. I'm not sure you're really gonna learn. I'm not sure you're gonna learn the onish from uh, sevara. You might say anonchin minadin for what's what's not mitat betin. And certainly the gezerah shavah is stronger. Certainly they have a masoret on the gezerah shavah. So that's the most simple answer to you. But beyond that, binyanav is always liable to knocking it down, saying one of them is more hamur than the other one. You're not gonna do that over here. You have gezerah shavah. So the similarities are only gonna come afterwards. Says so the onward, and furthermore, you have pigul v'notar. Pigul v'notar are both um, prohibitions with regards to kodashim. That's just a code. Those are code words for saying. And one is kodashim, something you bring in the mikdash, a sacrifice, and the other one is produce. You're just comparing apples and oranges. It's not the same thing. Pigul means you have the wrong thought to eat the item, to deal with the item. Chutzlisman on the wrong time. Okay. Says so the Gemara. First and foremost, the answer to why we liken teruma to tevil or tevil to teruma as opposed to tevil to notar is Morris I'm sorry but I told you the next two days on recording so you'll just you know put it on triple speed anyways as, as opposed to tevel to notar is because we have reasons to liken those two more than the other two says maybe I can make the opposite argument I could always make things similar in one of more ways I'm going to find reasons to learn tevel from notar what are you talking about? Yeah, there are things that are similar between Tevil and Notar that are not similar between Tevil and Terumah Sheken. Pasul, Ochel, En Loheter, Bamikve. I have three reasons why it's similar. First and foremost, both Notar and Tevil are Pesul Ma'achal. They are foods which are forbidden. Terumah is permitted. That's the idea. It's prohibited to non Kohanim, but it's a permitted food. By definition, notar is not permitted. By definition, tevil is not permitted for anyone. Next, en lo heter. En lo heter means, and uh, you're not going to be able to make it permitted. Whereas, whereas teruma, I think the way this goes, whereas teruma for um, the teruma for what's it called for non kohanim will never be permitted. Excuse me, one second. We're learning Tevel Shekin Pasul Ochel. It says Rashi Notar Tevel Shenayim Pasul HaMaachal Aval Teruma Pesul HaGufu Dechi Yichalu Betumat HaGuf Ketiv. Tevel VeNotar En Lahem Tahara BeMikveh Aval Tameh BeTeruma Yesh Lo Tahara BeMikveh. What is the second one again? Shekin Pasul Ochel En Lo Heter. What's Ochel? Oh, that we're putting those two together. Okay, Shekin Pesul Ochel. Ah, so that's how you put it. Shekin pesul ochel en lo heter 
There are two reasons to liken it. Number one, it's a pesul ochel, as we mentioned a moment ago. And number two, there's enoheter b'mikveh. Whereas terumah, the person can purify themselves, the terumah can be purified in a mikveh. When it comes to notar and tevel, there's no such thing as making it mutar with immersion in a mikveh. Says the Gemara, I'm now at a standstill. So I have a gezerah shavav hilul hilul. It can either go to terumah and say that tevel has a mitah bideshamayim, or it can alternatively go to notar and say it has karet. Which one am I going to go with? Says the Gemara, hanach nefishan. Says the Gemara, first answer, if I'm going to look at the similarities between terumah and tevel, how many were there? I don't know, five, six, something like that. And the second one, tevel and notar, too. Uh, Nefishan so, um, means there's more, like Vayinafash. Nefesh is something that's spread out. You have more similarities between Tirumah and Tevel. For that reason, we're going to say, Ravina Amar. Ravina says, I have a more fundamental reason. Let's say a Kohen can eat Notar. No. It means that whereas Notar and Tevel have no way of becoming koshered in Mikveh, you don't. That's the point. You can't. Mikveh does nothing. Terumatimeah becomes kosher than Mikveh. Meaning, meaning if it was touched by it. If by the Kohen is Tameh, he's not allowed to eat the Teruma, right? right? But what if he goes to the Mikveh? Oh, I thought it was Teruma. As well. Oh, so uh, making it more simple. Yeah. I mean, he waits until nightfall, as we said, and then he can eat the Teruma. But that never becomes permitted. Not the Mikveh, not anything else. Tevel so. becomes permitted, but not the Mikveh. That's why I said the Gemara on Basech Berachot, the very beginning. Ravina Amar Chilud the Rabbi Mechilud the Rabbi Adiv says the Gemara. Ravina alternatively says, I don't need to count the amount of similarities. I have the fundamental. The fundamental here is what we call Gezerah Shava. Gezerah Shava was likening one word to the other word. Okay, what's the two words? Is it Brabim or is it Biyahid? Well, again, one pasuk says Yehalel, singular. The other two pesukim say it in plural. I'm going to liken the ones that say it in plural to the ones that say it in plural, as opposed to the one that says it in singular to the one in plural. And as a result, teruma and tevil, where one pasuk says lo yehalelu, and the other pasuk says ki yehaleluhu, both in plural. I liken those to one another. It was one of our several similarities. Says Ravina, that's the most central one, as opposed to two. Um, notar, where the Pasuk says it in singular, Hilel. In short, the Gemara then has settled for us the sourcing on, how do you know that Ha'ochelet HaTevel is mitabi deshamayim? What's the answer? Gezira Shavah to Teruma. How do you know Teruma Shachal Betumah is bimitabi deshamayim? It's the next words in the Gemara, but we kind of already quoted that Pasuk. That was the Pasuk we mentioned. Shamerut Mishmati Velo Yisu Alav Chet Amen, amen.